Welcome to the Midlife Pilot Podcast. It's an aviation podcast, uh, all things aviation and in midlife, whatever, however you define that. We're not here to teach or analyze. We're here to have open discussions about all of our adventures and learning opportunities and share it amongst the community. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm Ben, uh, sometimes referred to as the sage, but never by my children. Uh, I'm an instrument rated pilot here in the, the Atlanta area. I uh, started flying when I was 48 and uh, fly 182, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mr. Brian Siskin. Hello, Ben. Brian, good to see you. you. And you also are. our co-host and producer, Ted, also known as Flysport. Hey there. Yeah, so we've got Ben in Atlanta, we've got Brian in Nashville, and I'm over here in Portland. Yeah, I probably should have told everybody where y'all live. <laughs> timestamp Tedder. It's not timestamp Tedder. It's Fly Sport. Or is uh, it it's yeah, it's it's whatever. Uh, Fly Sport is what the YouTube channel is when I didn't want to use my name. <laughs> and then uh, timestamp is my is my uh, midlife moniker, which I was just using before the show even. Ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, well, Ben, uh, thanks, thanks for the, the intro. And, um, you know, I gotta say, uh, you got big shoes to fill. Uh, you know, obviously we, we're going to miss Chris around here. Um, but, um, I think that we'll be bringing something a little bit different. It'll be a different mix and, uh, you know, uh, everybody should just be patient with us as we kind of kick through. We do have a lot of, uh, new things that we're bringing forward. So with all new things comes, uh, some, some, some fumbling and some yes. stumbling. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it does. Uh, do want to cover a few housekeeping things. This is a live show. So we encourage our, the, our audiences listening to the live broadcast, to uh, speak up in the chat. We are reading your comments. Uh, this is coming out, um, Whichever platform you listen to us on, iTunes, Spotify, wherever there are, leave us a five-star review. Uh, we do read them. We pay very close attention to them. Definitely uh, subscribe. We want to grow the community as much as possible. So um, with that, who's been, um, who's been fun? Because it sure as heck hasn't been me. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've gotten uh, probably more hours in this, this month than I probably ever have. Uh, so I'll have to say that it's probably been me. Um, ben, you were saying earlier that, uh, you know, Chris, uh, the OG host of this uh, podcast, you know, was just not able to even have time to really fly. And, and then maybe there's a, there's a host curse or something because now you haven't had uh, time to fly because of uh, some, some things going on with your plane. So I'm, I'm just running wild, you know, um, I'm going while the getting's good. So yeah, I, I mean, I did a, um, a long trip to, uh, to Marfa, Texas and back. I also um, have been to, I don't know, Missouri and I don't know, all over the place. I've just been flying a lot and it's been, I don't know. There's something about when you get, I don't know, like when you get about a hundred hours in a particular specific plane, not even sort of make a model, but the exact same plane. Once you get to about a hundred hours, which I'm approaching now or right at about that in, uh, in my plane that I, uh, have a fractional ownership with or whatever. Um, I don't know. It starts to feel like it's just an extension of my, my, my body a little bit. Like I'm starting to get, you know, really, 
unconscious with it in a good way. Um, so this last month has been huge. I've been doing a lot of flying, but I think that it has really cemented a lot of things. And then lastly, I, I did do my BFR um, the other day and that was wild. <laughs> and uh, I asked to get pushed and, and, uh, and I got, I got pushed. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so yeah, yeah, man. And, Anything uh, specific on that in the BFR that you uh, learned or yeah, no, messed absolutely. up in? No, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, the key things was, or were that, uh, I definitely did some impossible turns. I definitely, did, you know, power off from upwind crosswind, you know, a lot of different sort of awkward places in the pattern. Those are things that I certainly will not do without an instructor. Um, absolutely. and, um, so that was just a, a really good experience. Uh, I think one of the most shocking things for me was realizing on the impossible turn, uh, we, I did one from uh, 800 AGL and it's one thing to just go, okay, I'm getting the nose down, I'm turning and I'm, you know, getting best glide worked out, trimmed out. But really it's not that like, you've got to get, you've got to get around and start getting down. <laughs> and, and so then I'm also trying to keep it at a standard rate turn. So you don't, yeah, I mean, there's, there is a lot more to it than just that. And then you end up with a, no, a really uh, sharp <laughs> nose down attitude because you don't want to run out of runway. Uh, and then the next thing you know, you're going 95 knots. And then you're trying to figure out how to, and so then I'm slipping and I'm trying to make there's, and you don't think about how there's extra turns in this, you know, to sort of S turn your way into. It's, uh, it's not a 180 that you're doing, right? Like it's no. easy to think, well, I'm just doing a 180 and coming back down. It's like, well, that's fine if the runway is half a mile away, but. And to my left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so coming down, you know, and then you know, when, when you're hovering down and, and you're trying to get the plane slowed down, you see the runway running out and you're going across the runway and then off the other side and then kind of bring it back. You're just trying to do anything you can to slow everything um, down. I mean, I got them all down. I landed everything. Um, it felt really good. She said I did a good job, I guess, you know, or whatever. But, you know, it's I haven't done a lot of, you know, landing in the last thousand feet of a runway kind of thing, you know, right. and especially yeah. after having done all that. So there was that also did a lot of drills, um, experiments to really see, you know, okay, here's where the glide ring is right at the edge of the runway on this particular airport. Now let's see if we can get there kind of stuff. And then also doing a lot of three sixties, uh, at various bank angles, uh, to see exactly how much altitude that plane generally loses, uh, in a 360 degree turn. So when you're doing a spiral descent, uh, to get down to an emergency descent location, uh, you have choices to make between, a, you know, I did it at like 40 degree. We did it at 40 and then did it at 10 and sort of compared the results and all that. And depending on the situation and how, you know, you don't want to get too far if you're doing just 10, uh, but sometimes 40 is too much. Uh, they were, the distances yeah. or the, the level of descent was about the same. Uh, so I found that curious and interesting. Yeah. So, but that's, that's a, <clears throat> something that you have to build up a feel for. And that's why I thought it was valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So we did a lot of, just a lot of just engine out this engine out that all kinds of, you know, sloped, you know, going landing tailwind on sloped runways, power off, uh, just all kinds of, <laughs> yeah. and she really stacked a lot of scenarios. She was, you know, uh, when, when I did my simulated instrument time, you know, it was like, okay, well now you're picking up ice. Okay. Well now you're, uh, you're in IMC. Uh, now this is how, you know, by which, by the way, side note, I know I'm going a long time about this, but it was really interesting. The BFR was, but the best part of the BFR was when I'm in simulated instrument 
uh, Foggles or whatever. And then she tells me, okay, now you've gone into IMC and now you've noticed that you're starting to pick up ice. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> and I, I just went up to my autopilot and pressed the button that, <laughs> that automatically turns, <laughs> like it does a standard rate 180. Uh, yeah. the, the trio pro pilot autopilot is what I have. And you just press the button and it will do the whole turn for you and start taking you back. And she made me stop. She's like, okay, no one is closed up behind you now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's not fair. Yeah. yeah. Changing the game yeah. as you go along. But I, I was yeah. using all my tools until she took them away from me. But yeah, so there was just a lot of, you know, stacking the deck against me in every which way. Um, and a lot of engine out stuff. So it was extremely valuable. And, and, uh, and I, I had a great time. Yeah. It felt that's good. awesome. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of things that you wouldn't want to do alone anyway. You know, it's it, where it's like, take advantage of that, of that experience and the, you know, the experienced person next to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Ted? You've been flying at all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have like 170 hours on the egg in the last, what, five months. And what I haven't done is had a CFI in the plane with me. And, uh, for a few reasons, but finally I got, I got my CFI Sam on in the schedule and, and we flew together on Sunday. Northwest aeronaut, Sam. Northwest aeronaut. Yep. And, uh, uh, that, I, you know, yes. So, you know, I've, I've really been struggling with my landings and just been saying, you know, they're not, they're just not great. And I couldn't figure it out. And, you know, I kept thinking, well, I need to get slower. I need to get slower. Sam got in the plane and the first landing we went and did, he's like, you're going way too slow. And it's like, I didn't think you could land too slow. Like usually the problem, especially in an LSA is coming in with too much speed. So I'm sitting here trying to fight to get five to 10 under where what it should be. And the real problem isn't what you think. The problem is that it just floats. So you're getting like a 200 feet per minute descent as you're coming in on final and you're like, I need to get down and you try to slow it down even more. So by the time you get to the runway, you have the nose up too far and you've also run out of airspeed. So, you know, you it's really hard to, to time that exactly time that last, uh, those last few feet and, uh, you know, not, uh, uh, not stall out with three feet remaining. So, so you know, what you're like, saying oh, okay. is 175 hours in the egg and you've learned how to land. Yes. Yes. Nice. It, I may be a slow learner, but yes. So it really came down to just speed. I mean, it was just because things are just yeah. getting too mushy. Yeah. Just uh, going too slow and then spending too much time trying to round it out, you know, just drive it onto the runway basically. And, you know, it was just like, wow, like I, I've spent so much time on my own trying to figure that out. And, you know, it's, it's one of those reminders of why you do, you know, BFRs. This wasn't a BFR, but I, I told him, I said, look, I just want to do kind of this like progressive BFR. You know, it's like, we're going to fly together every few months. And, you know, that just adds up, not, not a single thing. And, you know, so it was good to, to get him in the plane and, you know, kind of figure that out. How much instruction had you had in that plane before? I had about five hours when I was renting it. Uh, before I bought this one and then the rest of it's been on my own. And okay. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's part of the problem, right? Like, well, so there's a lot of people in here that don't even have 170 hours total. Right. And yeah, you know, I, I remember very recently when I was under that amount of hours and it just goes to show that there's, um, I don't know. I think a lot of people get their, their certificate and they just kind of 
go, uh, I think it's important to keep coming back and figuring out what your weaknesses are and not have it be because you have to, because of BFR yes. or, or, or whatever, but just, um, and not to, to do even things like me, like where I, you know, I'm thinking I'm not going to do a bunch of impossible turns by myself. So of course right. that would be with an instructor, but to do things that, you know, to, to even do pattern work or whatever right. with an instructor, it can set off all kinds of lights. You I, know? I, I'll chime in. I've got over 900 hours and I went up with an instructor to start the commercial and we were just doing some basic maneuvers, nothing on the commercial side of it. But so in a 182 for the other younger pilots out there, so to speak, we have manifold pressure and RPM because we have a constant speed prop. Well, this other instructor got me using my RPM gauge in the pattern instead of using my manifold pressure. And that made a huge difference. And I'd flown the plane 900 hours before <laughs> I started learning that. I was doing everything off manifold pressure. So I, I don't think it matters how many hours you have. Um, there's always something to, uh, to learn from it. But Yeah, and breaking habits is, yeah. is big. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's move forward a little bit. Oh, uh, hang on. Before before we our, do, yeah. Before we do, that is such a great comment here. We, you know, we have to highlight that one. Uh, uh, ben, you want to read this for us? Oh yeah. Uh, from Biff Benson. As long as the instructor didn't preface that with to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs. <laughs> <laughs> My poor egg. Yes. My poor little plane. It's already been cracked it's, once with the windshield. So yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, for those that don't know what Ted's flying, just Google uh, CTLS flight design. Yep. Egg. That's all it takes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Egg. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll see what plastic egg looks like. Yes. Um, well, let's, yeah. let's move forward if everybody's good with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brian, you uh, we had talked about this earlier, and it's kind of on that same training topic. Um, yeah. Not... Uh, Within our tight group, I know there's a lot of listeners that may be living in uh, high density altitude airports. Yeah. But if you've never done it, which I'm one of those people, I was very curious to hear about your experience out in uh, Marfa. Yeah. Pretty high density altitude. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, I just find it, uh, I find it interesting that it's something that everybody studies, everybody's made aware of. If anything, it's kind of this, um, I don't know, there's some sort of mysterious quality to it. It's sort of this kind of, uh, I don't know, it borders on uh, like what a ground loop is for tailwheel or something, you know, it's this... uh, you know, that's the one thing that'll really get you, which is hundred percent true. Um, but, uh, you know, it was great to have an experience where I definitely kind of, you know, went right into it and, um, I had some good guidance. And so I thought I'd share, you know, some of, some of that. Um, and maybe it'll, I don't know, encourage some people to, I don't know, with their CFI or, you know, we're not instructors here, but, um, you know, I can just tell you, here's some of the CFI level uh, advice that I got. And here's what my experience was. But basically, I was flying into uh, Marfa, Texas uh, a couple weeks ago, week and a half ago. And uh, the airport is KMRF, if anybody's interested in looking it up. Um, so it's at four or 5,000 feet uh, already. Um, it's high desert there. And, uh, you know, on the way in, 
uh, I came from San Angelo, Texas, and it was already pretty high density altitude. There was, you know, over a hundred degrees. Uh, I was doing this in the afternoon, um, you know, probably at the worst time, but I'll tell you the, <laughs> the, 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 the first observation, uh, that I had was, um, how I had been paying attention to what the density altitude was at different times of day, uh, ahead of time in the places where I was going to be going. And the first thing I was struck by was how, yes, it is better in the morning when it's a little or a lot cooler. It's better, but it's not to the proportion of better that you would ever expect it to be. So that, that was my first observation. You would think if it's 35 degrees cooler in the morning, then there'd be some, uh, by percentage, the density altitude would be that much less. And it's just not the case. So that's the first thing. Um, that doesn't mean it so was basically, great. yeah, it goes from bad to worse. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to be zero. It's always going to be, I mean, this isn't true, but it's basically always going to be 5,000. And that's, that's as good as it gets. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so, uh, so when I was coming in, um, gosh, I should have probably made some video clips. I, I'm going to be releasing a whole thing about it. Um, this whole experience I had, but, um, when I was coming in, you know, I have my four flight set to, um, you know, you can set the, uh, little, um, pieces, uh, little bars at the bottom Numbers. to be customized to be whatever it is you want. And one of those that I have is just, uh, AGL, um, what am I above the ground right now? And so I was coming in at 10,500 feet and then just watching that ground come up and come up and come up and come up, you know? So I knew that I was getting closer. Um, and then you kind of come through this, uh, sort of broad pass and, you know, it was pretty bumpy. I was getting kicked around enough to where the autopilot was kind of, you know, not really, uh, able to handle it. Um, so I was super, it was super bumpy. I was hot. I was, you know, wearing a, it, this is the, you know, it's already, even with that altitude, it was just so hot. Uh, I had like a sweat towel around my neck. So I, I was, I was like at the gym, you know, like sort of doing this thing. And, uh, anyway, so I come in and, um, and you know, the, the advice that I got, um, that I'm going to put up on the screen here, uh, I'm not going to say who gave me this advice, but, um, I will say that they are, uh, a widely known aviation YouTube CFI. Um, and he was gracious enough to tell me this, and I'm going to read it um, because this is actually sanctioned instructional advice that I received personally that was hugely helpful in my uh, encountering uh, density altitude. Uh, so he said, um, yeah, morning will give you the best DA, but especially with how lightish you'll be, afternoon will be fine. So that was that was encouraging right away. I told him that, you know, yeah. that I, I was not going to be loaded down Um Anyway, high, higher density altitude will yield a higher true airspeed at the same indicated airspeed than a lower density altitude will. You should still fly the same indicated airspeeds you are used to when taking off and landing under normal conditions. You may feel like you're going faster on takeoff or landing because you are. With the thinner air, it, it takes a higher volume of air over the wings and prop blades to produce the same amount of pressure, hence a higher true airspeed. A common mistake people make when flying into a high-density altitude airport is they'll carry extra speed on final just because of the quote-unquote thin air. Don't do this. Just fly your normal indicated airspeeds. If you intentionally fly faster, you're adding insult to injury by adding on to your already higher true airspeed, and you're going to run out of runway quickly. The only thing you should add 
a few knots will be for gusty be uh, uh, the only thing you should add a few knots for would be gusty winds or perhaps if you're super heavy uh most manufacturer recommend a slight increase in approach speed enjoy the beautiful flight so um you know a couple of people i got uh pointers from about that specific location uh and um and just density altitude in general and so when i was coming in um you know, first of all, the terrain is hard to understand there, uh, but it's when you're looking down, you're used to just looking at things at scale. Um, so you're lo- you're used to looking at buildings or forests or parks or streets or I don't know. You have something to gauge how high you are, but when you get up into that uh, place, uh, it gets hard when you look down you can't tell if you're a hundred feet off the ground or seven thousand feet off the ground it's because of just the way that things look all right Um, you're saying that because because it's it's sparse there's nothing else i mean yeah but there's no yeah okay yeah and so like i flew uh, probably i guess it was maybe an hour and a half or so from san angelo between san angelo and marfa there's nothing Uh, there's a couple of little tiny, tiny little towns that you pass, but I mean, there is absolutely nothing. So it just, you go through, uh, an hour and a half of just nothing. You start to lose perspective about how big things are, how vast things are. And it's all just like sort of moonscape. So anyway, uh, so, you know, I'm coming into, uh, to land and, um, I just, I found myself very high. I slipped it pretty hard. <laughs> uh, you know, did everything I can to kind of get down and lose some speed and all that. I was just playing everything way safe. I wanted to be way high. And there's a huge, right. it's a huge space, even though it's sort of inside a, it's sort of like a plateau inside this ring of mountains. Um, so I just, you know, there's nothing else around. So, Right. You know, slipped it down for probably 2,500 feet and then kind of got, you know, set up. I was, I was comfortable with everything. Um, but like I said, as I got closer and got closer, I just, I couldn't, I could already tell that everything's, everything was going a lot faster. Um, I just, I actually kept saying out loud to myself, flyer indicated airspeed, flyer indicated <laughs> airspeed. The density altitude was about, it was probably pushing 9,000. Um, yeah. And, it was, you know, definitely a hundred degrees outside and it was definitely the afternoon in the desert um, and at an altitude airport. So it was so it's a different sight picture really coming in, uh, like going from a 50 foot ru- wide runway to a 200 foot wide runway. It's just a completely different sight picture if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything, everything was just alien. Um, right. And so, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I got it. I, I just aimed and got down there and everything was looking good and I was on my, on my numbers, but boy, it was, you know, I was trying to explain to somebody that's not a pilot, but I was like, you know, it's, it's like if one day you were driving to work and you were trying to go 70 on the highway, but for whatever reason to maintain 70 on the highway that day, the car actually had to go 120, (laughs) you know, so just everything was, you're, you're seeing everything going by really fast. Um, and, but your indicated speed is, what it normally is. So that's what it was about. And then, uh, you know, I came in and it was, I forgot to mention also it was super gusty, you know, uh, winds and like a really wild crosswind and, 
you know, all this. And I was coming in definitely wing dipped and, you know, trying to get it on one wheel at a, re- you know, it really, I was telling somebody uh, the other day that it, it basically was like coming into an airport and land. You know, I usually land, I come over the numbers at about, I try to come over the numbers like 66 knots is kind of my number. Um, it felt like I was coming over the numbers at 90 knots, you know, um, and then here I am sort of trying to land on one wheel and I kind of, I, I had judged it right, you know, but I, I touched that wheel and then it kind of sent me, up. it wasn't a massive, like hard bounce. It was just like a gentle, uh, it was almost like I was weightless, you know, it was just like sort of touched the right wheel and then, oh, okay. And then the plane kind of righted itself and then it, then it kind of sat down. So everything was fine. Did it feel wildly fast? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I felt wildly fast. Sounds like you're describing a, stu- uh, a air show pilot. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, that's a lot going on. I, I, I don't have any experiences doing that. So I'm vastly interested in, in this. I've got a trip coming up that I'm hoping to be able to take in my plane that it's not going to be quite that high, but it, it's going to be higher than I'm used to. So this is, yeah, I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of yeah. people. So I guess if anything, it's just what I got from it is just don't, you know, seek good advice and uh, follow that advice. Fly your yeah. indicated airspeed and, and, you know, expect your senses to tell you things that are different and you'll be fine. It's not a big deal. I'm just going to, you know, do your calculations and all that and consult the CFI. We are not instructors. I I think if you're a new, a newer pilot, you just get into a mode of this is going to be different and I'm going to be, head's going to be on a swivel. I need to be on my A game. Yeah. It's just the, the, the whole, you know, your whole attitude towards doing something like this. In, yeah. in Brian's case, I think that the, that the most beautiful advice is, you know, fly your numbers. Yep. Like, you know, everything else is different. Fly your numbers. Yep. And, you know, I, I would not want to be at a um, high elevation, shorter runway. Thankfully, you know, as you go higher, generally the, the runways are larger. But if you're doing some adventurous stuff, they're not necessarily. And that I think is where you're really getting in trouble. You're like, well, you know, I take off at 2,500 feet at home. So, yeah. So what if I'm at 4,000 feet and it's still 2,500 feet long? Well, you know, that's your problem. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Brian. That's, I mean, it was helpful for me. I'm sure it's going to be helpful for a lot of folks. I appreciate you appreciating it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking at the chat real quick. Any tips for staying focused on really long cross country flights, uh, flights from uh, Jeremy Wittenberg? Um, I, I do a fair amount. Uh, a lot of my time has been built up doing cross country flights, usually two to three hours. And, um, you know, uh, I try to play the game of where am I going to land when my, I lose my engine? That That's a good distraction and also very helpful. Um, what about you guys? Uh, for me, it's, uh, you know, what frequency am I going to get next? Um, yes. And also, um, what is the dumb thing that I'm overlooking about <laughs> my flight plan? You know, like, cause there's a lot of times where, um, like even today, like I was flying back from Missouri and, and it was, uh, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, like 140 mile flight, but I had, you know, kind of direct to it for the most part. And I realized that if I just, you know, 
altered my course by about five degrees. Uh, it would actually get me in a more comfortable gliding position with some of these airports along the way. It was a subtle change. It was it, like when I was looking at the flight plan, right? It seemed like it was fine. So I, I always reevaluate my flight plan based on the conditions and what's happening. And that's always uh, a time thing. And then also, um, buttonology, you know, it's, it's taking time to go through more cryptic menus or things to figure out what things are, you know, while trying not to screw things up. (laughs) (laughs) You've done a lot of long hauls. So, yeah. And, and I've been doing some six hour legs and, you know, over areas where you're not looking for traffic, right? Like you're, you're staying, you're still, you're still IFR following roads. Um, Sorry. I follow roads. I'm not, I'm a sport pilot. I'm not literally IFR. Uh, so, you know, try to keep with your glide ring somewhere where you can crash where there's people, but there's not a lot else to do. And so as long as I, you know, remember to check my fuel, remember to check my gauges every once in a while on this most recent flight, I finally started putting some music on the background. It's the first time I've experimented with that. And there's still enough radio calls that you're not hearing the music all the time, but, uh, you know, I was getting bored enough that, that I was really helpful. You know, um, you've got on the screen there uh, from Todd Stauffer. Uh, I get a kick out of listening to ATC and other pilots and imagining where they are in the airspace. Um, to that point, I do do that, but for a different purpose. I like to build a mental picture of where everybody is, especially when I get close to my uh, destination. I'm, yeah. I'm listening to air traffic route, other planes, uh, the pr- approach controller routing other jets and what have you trying to figure out what my sequence is going to be. And that takes up that. And again, that's toward the end of the trip, but uh, I think it's a really good practice. Yeah. Especially when you're uh, going from center land to, you know, kind of getting close to, to a class airspace and, and you're like, Oh, okay. I know they were in front of me and they got handed off to a one, two, six, zero. So, that's probably what's next. It's yeah. not the the center thing where you're, you know, an hour in between all of that. It's, yeah. you know, and, and kind of predicting that timing of, of when it's going to be. Yeah. And, and it's kind of a good segue into the, our main topic. Um, yeah, let's do that. Keep flying fun. Um, yeah. How to prevent burnout. And I imagine there's some student pilots out there listening and can't imagine being burned out. Um, it's it, it's a real thing. Uh, people can get into a habit of just doing the same thing over and over and then lose their interest with it. And that's kind of why I thought of keeping uh, bringing this topic up. Um, you so know, and, th- and let me interrupt you. Well, I think yeah. this is really a midlife thing, right? Yeah. Because you're not you're not working on hours. You're not doing CFI, you know, being a CFI to get your hours. We're sitting here. What do we want to do? You've got a plane or you're renting. It doesn't matter. What? what's the goal here? Yeah. And you know, you get, get ro- rolls thrown at you because you went to, to the restaurant. Great. What else are you doing? My, my Airbus friend, uh, pilot friend, he said, what you do is recreational gas burning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's not wrong, but <laughs> yes. you know, there, there are things you can do, um, to, to keep things fresh. And, and that's really kind of what it is, is, um, doing the same thing over and over is just going to burn you out. Um, some of the things that I've done in my past and still do to this day, um, angel flight, volunteering, trying to give back a little bit. Um, 
most of the angel flight organizations require that you have an instrument rating. So if you don't have that, uh, you can go and volunteer for pilots and paws and help um, our four legged friends out. Um, there's, there's a lot of different organizations out there where you can have an opportunity to, to, to give back. You also have, um, you know, I set goals. Uh, I, I want to do a long cross country being over 300 uh, nautical miles. I want to do one once a quarter just to go somewhere different. Yep. I mean, there, there are other things that, what are you guys, what are y'all doing? Well, yeah, for me, it's, um, going to places where the terrain and the uh, surroundings are unfamiliar or as unfamiliar as possible or as unlike where I typically locally fly as humanly possible and always trying to find a way to have an extra challenge in it, whether it's, you know, tricky airspace or uh, flying over mountains or, um, density altitude or, you know, just whatever it can possibly be that is just, uh, pushing the bounds of what I'm comfortable with. Cause I, I think I, you know, when people say I'm bored, I, I don't care what facet of life we're talking about aviation or anything else. I have no idea what it's like to be bored. I've never been bored one microsecond, my entire life. And to me, when people say like, I'm bored or this is boring, I just, I can't even, I, I, don't, I can't even wrap my head around it. It's insanity to me. <laughs> so, um, so even the most mundane things to me in aviation, I think, if, I think first what I would say is, are you really soaking up the absolute awe inspiring magic of what you're doing? Even if you're just going to your local airport and doing pattern work or whatever, are you, you know, what, what else can you do to wrench more out of the experience that you're actually having would be my first thing. And then other, other than that, I would say, um, yeah, find, find ways to, to continue to build and, and challenge. And it doesn't have to be expensive ratings or, um, you know, pursuits that are maybe beyond your capacity at the time or whatever. We don't, you know, we never have to fly. We don't have to do anything. Everything's a choice. <laughs> so, so to your point though, and I, I guess what happened with me, um, I've said it before, I cover a large geographic territory with my job and a lot of my time was flying to the same cities over and over. And the plane became a, a, a utility. It's, it's not a mode of fun, but it's, I need to be in Savannah for a day and need to get back home. And I can do that. That's not a problem. And it became more of a mode of transportation than it was something to do. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And I I'm trying to get away from that. And I do, I get away from it, but I, I found myself going, well, great. I mean, it's going to be great to be able to take the plane to do these things, but that's all it was is I'm going to go to a business meeting, get in the plane and come back home. Yeah. Where so did you find when you were doing that, that you didn't uh, practice maneuvers, for instance, because if all you're using the plane for is cross country, you're never really setting up and, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you're, and in, you're once in, I got my instrument rating, it, there was nothing, you know, you're flying a straight line, you're flying an approach, you're doing it, flying approaches is awesome. And I wouldn't trade. I, I still love doing that. I, I look for whether that I can go shoot approaches in, but my point was, is it's more of a, it's now become a mode of transportation as opposed to 
an object to go try out a new restaurant in another state or a, B, C, or D, whatever it may be. And um, it's easy to get into that rut if you have those tools. Yeah. So, um, so I, I've found a couple of things. I mean, first of all, obviously buying a plane unlocks a lot of things that you can do like overnight trips or whatever else. And, you know, we can kind of set that aside because that's, you know, that's a little specific, but um, I, I find, you know, it's always fun to take somebody flying, somebody new flying. And I usually find if I'm doing that and they back out, that's when I'll go do my practice work, right? The, the Wendell geek, um, you know, go through your private pilot maneuvers. And, you know, so it's like, well, I have two hours. I was planning on being in the plane local anyway. Let me go up and, you know, practice my stalls, practice my 360s, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, so those, you know, that's kind of two examples of that. I've also enjoyed going out camping um, with the plane. Um, but kind of the, the thing that really has gotten my interest is the state passport programs. There's definitely one in Wisconsin. There's definitely one in Washington. There's a less great one in, in Oregon, um, but I'm doing the, the Washington one. And it's like, it's just an excuse to go to an airport. It's like, well, I'm going over this way anyway. Let me just go to a new airport. Let me, let me actually stop so you can, you know, shut down the plane and go stamp your passport. Like actually getting out of the plane instead of just, you know, doing a touch and go at a new airport. And, and so that's been kind of a, a fun excuse to go try things and, you know, yeah, go to I've, I've set a goal early on to hit every, there's 104 public use airports in the state of Georgia. And right now I'm at 58 and yeah, well, that's, so that's part of it. Let me throw a uh, sort of a uh, opposite equal and opposite force into this. Okay. I think there's also a side of this where people need to realize that it's also fine to put it down. It's also yeah. fine to put it down for a while. It's, um, you know, um, one of our, um, one of my friends who's in our uh, discord community, uh, you know, she's been working on her, PPL for a while and then she got to the point where she soloed in March and then it just got to where she was just spun out and there's just too many other things happening in life and and you know she put it down and then she kind of I suspect maybe beat herself up about it a little bit and then kind of had to get away from it even further, you know, to then make room to come back to it and she's done it and she's uh almost almost there, almost done, but her confidence level has, you know, drastically improved all, you know, sometimes the best practice or the best thing you can do in any craft is to stop doing it. Uh, I, I have found this to be true in, in music or in other, uh, areas of life. Sometimes you just gotta just put something down for a minute. And, and actually when you come back to it, the, uh, the yield of that time away can be huge. So I'm not, I just wanted to sort of show the opposite side of that. I agree with it. Yeah. Like printing. I I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. As, as you said, nobody's forcing us to fly. Yeah. Sometimes when your plane's down for two months, you don't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 
Yeah. 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 Red. But no, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, but in the in the spirit of, of some of the audience who who are getting to that 200, 300 hour mark and maybe uh, Todd Stopper mentioned seeking new ratings, which I, that is the absolute number one way, in my opinion, to to keep it fresh and also build new skills. But um, that I mean, I, I, I do see what your point is, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Well, Arrow Grizzly went from his place north of L.A. to in the San Diego area for a concert. And, you know, it's it's an example where you wouldn't, you know, are you really going to drive three or four hours for the concert? Maybe, probably not, you know, but now you have an excuse. You can go fly with a friend to go down there. It's great. Ted, do you want to explain uh, the passport programs? Um, yeah, I was just I was just thinking, I saw 50 by 60's comment there, which, by the way, his name is because he wants to visit all 50 states by plane before he turns 60. So nice. Very cool. It's speaking of passports. Yeah, no, it's it's more. Um, so the National Parks Program has a has a passport thing where you go to, you know, Yellowstone and you get a stamp and you put it in your little booklet and that type of thing. It's it's that sort of thing. It's a, it's a little booklet. It looks like a passport. Uh, and you go to each of the airports in Washington state. They usually have a green mailbox and you open the green mailbox. And uh, let's see, it's uh I wish I could remember the name of that group. There's always a bunch of stickers in it, but uh, there's a there's a stamp in there, and the stamp is specific for the airport. And so you stamp it in your book, and you write the date in your book on you know what day you visited. There's no there's no timeline on it. You know you can you can visit those 97 airports, 104 airports, whatever, over a year, over 10 years, doesn't matter. And you know once you get to 90 percent of the airports you get a windbreaker or something you know and that's not really the point oregon has a program that's like you visit most of them within the same year you pay a little bit of money and you enter for a raffle for it that's just not as a raffle for a windbreaker (laughs) yeah yeah it's a raffle for like two thousand dollars or something it's it's just not you know it's just not as well formed the washington one is really well formed it's all on a map you know does the windbreaker have snaps or is it zip up i think it's a well i think it's actually a a leather jacket but don't quote me on that it's okay it's it's a flight jacket we've gone up a level really quickly from a windbreaker (laughs) <laughs> so but, you know but to the yeah, point uh i i there's an airport in near mcgray georgia and there's a state park that has this really big like 36 holes of golf and it's known throughout the state and there's an airport that's about a half a mile from the golf course and it is it kind of reminds me of okra coke it's just a mm-hmm. piece of asphalt that's three four thousand feet long and there's a phone booth that's just a hotline to the golf course. You just pick it up and get me. And there's no porta potty. There's no nothing there. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's part of the fun, though. Yeah, checking out these places. So uh, hey, I wanted to remind people that if you uh, can do the liking and sharing thing, we're just getting this thing started on a brand new YouTube channel. And so if you can share it into Facebook groups or wherever and uh, help us out, that'd be 
awesome. But in the meantime, right, right where you are now, if you just press the buttons that say thumbs up type things, that, that helps us. I just wanted to say that before I forgot. Thank you. Um, and then, uh, it's time to bring in our, uh, our, yeah, our, our guest. Well, no, before we bring in the guest, maybe okay. we should introduce our segment because we're, we're going to be needing input from everybody for this Great in point. the future. This is going to be a recurring theme as much as, as much as we have content to support it. And, and, and this, this topic, we have a, a channel in the discord for it. If you're not in the discord, you can email us at midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com and, and we'll get it that way too. We'll get you an uh, invitation. So th- the next thing is going to be called bag of words. Ted, do you, you want to explain to us what bag of words is? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, but let's bring in our guest here, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> That was smooth. I like that, Ted. That was really like, good. Not doing this. Deflect, deflect. Yeah. Welcome, hey, Josh. Josh. Uh, you're muted. Yeah. Oops. There you go. There we okay. Are. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. So yeah. So thank you for for highlighting my incompetences with this uh, lovely segment on the podcast. <laughs> it's not incompetent. We all. Do it. Yes. I don't care if my only objection hours or- my only objection is that the way that Josh originally coined this, it was him saying, you know, I just I just reached into my bag of words and it was bag o words. Now our little label here says bag Uh-oh. of words, and that just feels more deliberate than this really should be. <laughs> maybe uh, our producer can fix that. Yeah, yeah. bag o words, bag o words. Have I beg a word? Keeping yeah. it true to Josh's invention, but uh, but yeah, Josh. <laughs> so so Josh, um, uh, tell us maybe a, a little bit about yourself, and then uh, and then tell us what's wrong with you. <laughs> so I am a uh, uh, late forties private pilot. I just started a couple years ago, and uh, fly I fly a Cirrus SR twenty two, which I've had for about a year and a half, and uh, I'm just enjoying flying my family around uh, the eastern half of the U.S. Um, and yeah, I got my instrument rating and almost exactly yeah. a year ago now. You fly IFR, you put a lot of hours on your plane or, you know, for, yeah. for midlifers. Yeah. You know, I try yeah. to. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. I, I'm just loving it. I mean, three years ago, I'd have no idea that I'd be doing this. And now, um, you know, you fast forward to now and it's just amazing the the freedom and the fun that we get to have. So. Um, well, actually, before we get into the bag of words bit, I wanted to ask you real quick, what are your uh, quick thoughts on the the burnout topic? Um, since you've been doing so much yeah. flying, uh, I feel like you would have a particular insight on that before we get to the bag of words. You know, I think I think for me, it's it's a mix of there have been times when, you know, life's intervened and I've gone a month or two without flying. And, and I think that's I think that's OK. I think that's healthy. And just I think the variety uh, is is really what what makes it work. You know, I, I've been doing, you know probably two to four times a month, you know, three hour flights back and forth, you know, from between Massachusetts and Pennsylvania. Um, I need to just get up and do a VFR flight down to, to Newport to, you know, uh, or something like that up to, we went up to Portland, Maine a couple of weeks ago and just had a blast. Um, just doing little fun trips um, to, 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 to remind us, you know, why we have, why we have this plane and why we're doing this. Um, and also uh, getting us, I, I think it's important to get a CFI with, with you. Like every, you know, I, I do it every six months. I go up with the CFI. Yeah. And um, 
because, you know, I don't realize when I'm, when I'm developing bad habits. Yeah. Uh, and, and having that kind of knock off some of the, the rust you didn't know was developing in parts of your, in parts of your flying proficiency uh, is, yeah. is really important. And also the, the, there's a real fun internal sense of like, you know, when I land at an airport and I realize I didn't screw anything up majorly this time, <laughs> it's like, you know, it took a long time before I was feeling, you know, it, early on, you know, the first, you know, few hundred hours, like every flight there's like, okay, Let's let's review the litany of things that I scratched down on my notebook that was like, I should have done this better. I should have done that better. And now it's like when I look at that list, it's like little things. And like that makes me proud. And I think that pride is is part of the joy of flying. It's always have a bar even lower. Uh, I got the plane back and I didn't bend anything and they can use it again. And yeah, there there was no fod on the runway. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So. So so, uh, beg words. Yeah. So I was last year, I was flying down to John Toon in Nashville, Brian, for your Nobody Cares Flying, which was an amazing weekend. (laughs) Uh, I happened to be uh, to be ferrying uh, Chris down there, the midlife pilot. And um, because of that, this was immortalized forever on YouTube to my horror. But uh, we were coming in. If you don't know John Toon, it's uh, they just have a, a fairly new control tower, but they don't have radar there. So I could see on ADSB there's a plane ahead of us that they clear to land, and we're number two. And it's pretty clear that we're catching up to them. I think they were a Skyhawk, and my Cirrus, I was trying to fly it as slow as I could, um, but we were catching up. What's your, and, what's your kind of pattern speed, and then what's your, your final speed? Yeah. In the, in the pattern, I'm typically about um, 110 knots, uh, <laughs> and then I'm getting down to, I'm getting down to 90 on base, and then on on final, it's you know eighty ish, and I'm touching down at seventy or so. Yeah, but, so I'm, um, you know, eighty to ninety in the pattern, and then on final I'm sixty. You know, yeah. so you know when I get a Cirrus behind me, I know like they better not be close because yeah. they're going to eat me. So yeah. yeah, and so I can see you know we can see that this is going to be a little bit of a conflict and and. I don't know, something with Chris sitting next to me. And, you know, I I think it was, you know, one of the first times I'd actually had a friend and not like a family member in the plane. Um, Another pilot. Yeah. And someone who's another pilot and someone who's filming. And I know that, you know, he wants to make a video out of this flight. (laughs) So there's some pressure It's a new airport too, right? You hadn't been there yet? Yeah. I hadn't been to the airport. So it's like, you know, you can see, you know, in retrospect, it's easy to see these levels of pressure that are on. But I decide we need to do something, and I'd like to do a 360. Um, but I need to request this from the tower. So I yeah. push the push to talk button, and out of my mouth comes this horrible mess of words. <laughs> right? All right. Go ahead. Let's go, go to ahead. that now. Yeah. Delta <laughs> Mike, uh, we'd like to change uh, to uh, first spacing. Can you give us a, a vector? <laughs> so, it's like I had the vocabulary <laughs> at hand, but I just didn't have it. It was all mixed up and chopped up. So, can you play it again? Um, Sorry, can you do it one more time? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, we'd like to change uh, to uh, first spacing. Can you give us a, a vector? <laughs> I was I was searching for a direct object to that sentence, which I then just omitted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But what you know, and it, then it, what's it, amazing is Tower replied to you 
Like, <laughs> somehow they, they read your mind on that. Yes. The yeah. tower replied, Tower did not laugh. This is important. You know, it's like they let me keep my dignity. They did not laugh. <laughs> and they said, you know, do a right 360, and which is what I wanted to do anyway. So we, we immediately, immediately went into a 360, and it all worked out fine. But we'd like know, to we'd like to change. <laughs> That's my favorite part. It's just like I would like a different set of circumstances than that of which I am facing at this moment. Can we change on some rotisserie this array of circumstances to I don't know better suit my need for personal safety? And so, for the audience out there, if you cannot identify with this, then then you're not a real pilot because we we've all done it. I I just I, I went back into live ATC net to try to find a couple of flights where I knew I'd done that and they weren't, they were no longer in there. But I, I remember when I was going through instrument and they were giving me the uh, clearance to, for the approach, I ended my transmission with, I know I said a bunch of words that didn't mean anything, but I understand what you want me to do. <laughs> I mean, and they're like, they laughed. They thought it was funny, yeah. but yeah. we've all been there. And that's kind yeah. of where we're going to ask the community. If you want to poke fun at yourself, we're not here to laugh at you. We're, we're we've all done this, and and it, we just thought it would be a fun uh, segment. Uh, if anything, also like to make some, people uh, feel better, good. right? To make people exactly. feel better, right? It's like this is yeah. listen. If pressure. you put it out in the universe, you're going to feel better uh, instantly. I, I absolutely believe that. So yeah, yeah. So Josh, I, I really do appreciate you uh, uh, allowing us to uh, use your. Uh, phrase and use you as our first example that's a uh, very magnanimous of you and uh we appreciate well, it uh, well thank you and i just want to say it's it's easy it's easy to stay humble you know when you're a pilot <laughs> <laughs> well and so yeah. by the way i need to make sure people understand too that uh josh has a great youtube channel with lots of videos and uh you've got some rich archives of bloopers and uh all kinds of things so if you if you want more <laughs> he's got more uh what, what is your how do people find your youtube channel josh yeah sure it's uh, josh mcclehat and my youtube is uh, uh the channel is at josh mc so j-o-s-h-m-c at josh mc right 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 thankfully for spelling that's a lot easier yes <laughs> yeah so Brian and I both clicked on this comment at the same time from 50 by 60, which is uh, my radio skills are superb until I'm on the radio. Yeah. You know, CFIs love to, to say it's not a push to think button. It's like, yeah, that's, that's great. But you know, here's one that's even more embarrassing. Um, the question earlier from Jeremy, how do you pass the time? So I will sit and think about what I want to say to a controller just to kind of, mm -hmm jazz it up a little bit, ask him how he's doing, whatever, just try to come up with something a little creative. And I jumble it every single time. <laughs> I sound like a complete idiot when I try to do something out of the normal. So I, I find myself when I'm, uh, when I was out, when I did this trip out West, so uh, the frequencies here are very busy. There's no, you can't mess around. But when I was going out West, there was all this time where I kept you know, like, uh, just radio check. And they'd be like, yep, oh, loud and clear. I, I just hadn't heard anybody say anything for 20 or 30 minutes. And it would be almost unnerving. Or I feel like maybe my radio doesn't work. And uh, this is how it's all going to begin. You know, I'm going to end up in the desert somehow. But uh, we had that we had that conversation in Discord today about what do I do? Do I switch frequencies when I don't hear back from them? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's. It can be quieter. Well, so um, 
when I, when I have those moments though, when I realize it's like once you do the radio check or just something to make sure they're still there, then there's this kind of awkward moment afterwards. <laughs> so it's kind of like, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. You know, it's like, there's, yeah. no, there's no one else here. Uh, and yeah. I so badly just want to go, I mean, so what are you doing right now? You know, or, yeah. you know exactly. Like, what, do, what do you do when it's like this? Yeah. Um, maybe that's like a, a, an opposing basis question, but, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, I feel like I want to talk to them. I want to, uh, razz them. I want to say all kinds of things and I just, I restrain myself, but, um, but yeah, so when you're, when you're out there though, um, looking for something else to, to do to keep yourself occupied, um, maybe that's a new thing we can all start trying to do is create awkward conversations with controllers that don't want to be having them. That's exactly, that'd be, yeah. That's what I end up doing without trying to. So that's, <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, well, we'll wrap this up with Jeremy's comment, which is it's, it's one of those, no, you hang up moments with ATC. <laughs> it's like, who's more bored right now? <laughs> yeah. So. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, Josh, thanks again for coming on. Um, yeah. it's great to see you. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Guys. You can stay up through our wrap up here. Yeah. yeah. Keep your keep your beautiful face on here. Is so, there a Discord afterwards chat thing? Yeah, we're gonna have a uh, an afterword on the after party on on Discord. Okay. So, I've got to have my cigar, so yeah, I'll, I'll be joining on that. Yeah. But um, well, in fact, with that said, we'll we'll bring this in for landing. Everybody, keep in mind we want to hear from you. We we love getting the feedback. The email address is midlifepilotpodcast at gmail dot com. Send your feedback, thoughts, poetry, whatever you feel like sending us. Uh, you can join us live on YouTube. Uh, the plan is every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. So we'd love for you to join us. So, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, I'm sorry? Eastern. <laughs> Eastern. Thank you. Yeah. I 7 p.m. Radio Row. Basement. Right. We've got to get Radio Row in here still. M- so. Music Row. Yeah. Music, music Row. I disappointed Chris. Oh I actually God. had that in my brain, but it was a bag of words on yep. the intro, as everybody heard. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that's going to happen. So, but um, yep. for next week's episode, if you are a midlifer and you want to learn to fly, where do you start? What are the different ways to learn? What are the different things you need to know or what do you need to investigate? What questions should you be asking? Uh, we've covered, uh, Brian and Chris covered this a, a good while back, but we thought it'd be a good time to uh, maybe revisit it and maybe take it from a, a fresh perspective. So, yeah, we don't want to, um, there's a lot of people that are probably on the cusp of considering training or have just started. And we want to make sure that we're speaking to those folks as much as we are the people that are somehow some way getting bored on a cross country flight after all we went through <laughs> to learn and to do all this stuff. No, but yeah. So I'm excited about that next week. Uh, and this is weekly now. So I'm excited about that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Dad, any next thoughts you want to add? No, Tuesday it is. It's going to be great. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for uh, potting and uh, we will see you guys on the next, next Tuesday night. All right. Thanks. See you, everybody. See you, everybody.